Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 81 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. Got a couple of stories for you today. It's things that have happened to me in wildlife that kind of left uh, an impression in my mind. First one is a gentleman got a, I got a call from a gentleman. He had gotten my number from dispatch and he said he had a snake that he had picked up. He was concerned that people were going to try and hurt it or they were going to get hurt by it. I asked him what it was and he just said a snake and that was usually the response I got from people. Um, they really didn't know much about what snakes were around in Utah and so I said okay. So I arrived at his house and he met me out front and I said, okay, where's the snake? You know, I was thinking it was in the bushes or something. And he said, well, it's inside. And I said, you took, you took it inside? He said, yeah, I didn't know where to put it. I thought to myself, well, it's from outside. Why don't you leave it outside? So he proceeds to go in the house and he comes back out holding this large, really large glass case. And I was like, what in the world? And inside was a five, almost five and a half foot long rattlesnake. And I'm, what? <laughs> There's no way you picked that up. I said, did you pick this up? And he said, yeah, I, I, I was coming down a popular hiking trail and it was right on the middle of the trail and I didn't want people to freak out and shoot it or do whatever they do to it. And I'm thinking you didn't want people to get hurt either. And... So he said, I just picked it up. I had a, I had my backpack, and so I just stuffed it in my backpack. And I said, wait, you picked up this snake? I mean, the body of this snake was as big as my forearm, and I'm a fairly big dude, so this is a pretty large rattlesnake. And I said, you put it in your backpack? He goes, yeah. It was rattling the whole time. So I, I knew it was a little mad, but I just didn't want it to get hurt. So I brought it home and he was from back East and he got researching the laws cause he wanted to keep it. And he found out that it was in fact against the law to keep a rattlesnake without approval and permits and didn't want to get in trouble. So he called me. So I encouraged him next time to leave wildlife where they are. I took it back to the area from uh, where it came from and released it. The one thing that people do have concerns with when you're releasing something like a rattlesnake into an area that's popular for hiking is obviously you're going to have kids running around. What I like to do, and maybe this is not a popular idea, but I like to take and spray a little bit of the tail with bright orange paint. So then people have a visible marker. I obviously moved it quite a bit away from the trail. Uh, I moved it half a mile from the trail. We can move things up to about a mile. It was convenient to park where I did and take it and release it back into the rocks. And so I did that. Another uh, call I received, this was in first part of June. And... I got a call from dispatch. Um, I was on call 24 hours a day. got a call from dispatch that a doe had been hit and it was still alive. There was a trooper on the scene and that it had twins. And I, okay. So I drive out there. It takes me a little bit to get out there. And there is this girl holding this fawn in her arms in a blanket just sobbing. And so I asked her to tell me the story and the trooper, he kind of didn't know what to do. He was just looking at me going, this is your mess. Sorry. <laughs> 
And so he said, I'm out of here. Uh, looks like you can handle this. Uh, I've got another call. And he left. So this girl proceeds to tell me that she was driving home and this doe ran in front of her. And she hit the doe. And they stopped. They got out of the car. And the doe was dead. Or they believed it was dead. And while they're standing there looking at it, all of a sudden, a fawn shoots out. She delivered a fawn right there on the road. And then she starts thrashing around and her legs are broken. So they get and they pull the fawn out. They move it off to the side of the road. And she starts crying. And then all of a sudden, the mother delivers another one. And so now they've got these two fawns. The mother's got broke legs. And they don't know what to do. They call the cops. Cops show up, and the fawn, or, and the doe dies. So they get towels out of their car, and they rub these fawns down, and she is just sobbing. And I didn't have the heart to tell her that in this situation, it is our protocol to euthanize the fawns. But I took the fawns, I placed them in the front seat of my truck, I put a sweater around them, and then I put the seatbelt on them so they wouldn't be up and running around. And I took them to a place where I could euthanize them. But I didn't have the heart to tell her because she was, she was crying so hard. I just told her that, I, that we had them and we would take care of them and have a good day. I've told this story to other people and they get a little a little upset that we have to euthanize fawns in this situation. And the studies, the research out there shows that if you take these deer and you raise them, they become aggressive later on. And they'll, they lose their fear of people and they start attacking people. And that puts you in a, a real interesting situation. When I was first involved in wildlife, there was a deer, it was a buck, it ended up getting raised by some people. They were feeding, at first they had some apple trees and they were feeding it apples and then it moved to bread and then it just moved to whatever they were throwing outside and this deer never left. And at first they had all these great pictures and everything was going fine and then this buck became mature. And once they become mature, they are no longer the same Bambi that you want it to be. They are aggressive. And it started attacking people. It killed their dog. It stomped their dog to death. And it ended up hooking the guy, stabbing him with an antler. And so there's all these problems. They ended up having to euthanize it. So we euthanize deer because of that reason. Then the other reason is there's roughly... 300,000 deer in the state. Um, I could give you... Uh, I'll get the numbers later. But there's roughly 300,000 in deer in the state. And let's say 50% of those are female. So you've got 150,000 females. And the majority of them are going to give birth to twins. So you've got 150,000 females. They're dropping a 300,000 fawns. And there's no facility large enough anywhere in the world to take that many animals and we just can't work with that many. I know it's a sad situation and it's just one of those things in wildlife that's rare, very rarely talked about. I was uh, working with a technician and it was very hard, very difficult for her. 
and she just didn't want to do it. Uh, some other people who did ride-alongs with me when I told them about this part of the job, because they were very interested, it actually dissuaded them from wanting to do, to do the job because they would have to euthanize a fawn. So these are some of the things you face in wildlife. All right, you guys. Have a great day. Stay wild.